0: Well, good morning. Good, morning. good morning. My name is uh, Pastor Phil, and I serve as the Connections Pastor here. Uh, and before we begin, let me just thank all of you uh, for the welcome and the love that you have shown my family in this transition uh, to Sugar Grove. It has been a pure joy of ours, and we look forward to seeing what God is going to do and how uh, we can together uh, bring forth uh, the gospel uh, to all areas in our communities. Uh, Today we're starting a a short sermon series on the cast of Christmas. We're going to look at the birth of Jesus through the eyes of the angels and and the shepherds and and the magi. And and we're going to dig in today uh, through the eyes of the prophets. And and we're going to try to understand how this birth of this tiny baby boy how it was so special, not just when it happened 2,000 years ago, but even for all time before and all time forward. Would you join me in praying and ask for a blessing upon to the, uh, this message? Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we pray that you are glorified in all that we hear, all that we read, all that we study. Uh, may you teach us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In 1993, uh, I had the privilege of going to McMurray College in Jacksonville, Illinois, uh, where I was a Highlander. And we uh, I was on the basketball team, and and in 1994, the early part of the season, uh, every game, home game we had, we got to enjoy a steak dinner at the dining hall. It was a great steak dinner, and, and this particular day, I sat at a table with, with our head coach and, and one of the basketball players, one of the captains, his name was Matt Niehaus. He stood six foot ten, black messy hair, and he was nice as can be. However, when he was on the basketball court, he was mean. And he would dunk over people and he ended as the all-time career holder in points and block shots. Well, as we were sitting there eating this steak dinner, I think Matt, grabbed an entire steak and shoved it in his mouth because he started choking and he tapped me on the shoulder and gave me some nonverbal cues that I knew this man needs help. Well, he stood six foot ten and I had already learned about the Heimlich maneuver, but I was trying to figure out how am I going to get to where I need to be. Our head coach was an all-American soccer player. He stood six foot five himself. So he stood up and and he gave the Heimlich. Four or five times into it, the steak flew out of Matt's mouth and he immediately sat down and started eating again and said, thanks, coach. I stood there in awe as coach just saved Matt's life. Matt Niehaus needed someone to save him, and so do you and me. You guys remember in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas—they're in prison, and as they're in prison, uh, there's people praying for them, and 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 the jailer's there, and all of a sudden the doors come open. And the jailer believes that now he is going to be executed for allowing the prisoners to escape. And the jailer asked Paul and Silas, he says, what must I do to be saved? It's a great question. What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas gave an answer back. You remember that? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household believe in the Lord Jesus as I study scripture as we study scripture we can clearly see that we need to be saved not just Matt not just the jailer all of us need to be saved and we need to be saved because of one reason Because we are sinners. Not because we're accidentally choking on steak or or we let some prisoners escape. We need salvation because we have sinned. We are not perfect. How's this for a Christmas uplifting message? But it's the truth. And that is, that is a huge step for us to understand is that we are not perfect. The Bible says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our hearts are, are getting harder and harder as the days go on. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We need a savior. But who in the world could save us? Who could save us from this sin, from this hardened heart? Can't be a coach. Can't be some random guy that walks by. It can't be your mom. Can't be your dad. It's got to be somebody who's strong enough. Somebody who's perfect And that's somebody, the one who can advocate for us when we fail and when we fall. That's the person we're going to talk about today. That's the person we celebrate on this Christmas season. There's only one person ever born, one person that ever will be born, that is good enough to be our Savior. Our first point today is the Savior was predicted through the ages. Our Savior was predicted through the ages. As soon as man went on his own way, he committed sin. God already had a plan in place, and he had a plan in place before all of eternity. We see it in Genesis 3, 15. Right after the sin of man, God says to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The Old Testament tells us over and over that this baby, this eventual Savior will come from the seed of Abraham. We just studied Abraham. And and then we see it in Genesis where it says that it's going to come from Isaac and from Jacob all the way to Jacob's fourth son, Judah. And in the blessing that is given, Jacob gives a blessing in in Genesis 49, we see that the scepter was predicted to stay in Judah's line. King David eventually took that scepter as the king of Israel. And it is said that he is to be the line all the way to Jesus. Second Samuel, Samuel 7, 12-13 When your days are fulfilled, speaking of David, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And we know that Mary and Joseph come from both of them come from the line of David in the adoption of of Jesus all of it is directly tied to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah Isaiah 714 predicts that there is gonna be a a baby born of a virgin and it and his name was gonna be Emmanuel just a beautiful prediction from the prophets. The prophet Micah tells us that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. And that was reiterated in the book of Matthew. We know that the Magi were wise men from the east, probably eight, 900 miles away. They, they probably came from Persia or modern-day Iran, and, and they, they traveled to see the anointed child, the anointed one, Christ, a little baby boy. They probably had read the readings of Daniel. The Savior was predicted through the ages over and over and over. This moment in time was foretold and was prepared for. The verse we're going to land ourselves on is Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. That's the verse we're going we're to dig into and, and go through. And that will guide us through the rest of the time. Isaiah 9 6. For to us a child is born. We're familiar with this verse. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah proclaiming the gracious promises of God. This is beautiful to watch as Isaiah speaks in present tense. Knowing that it's going to happen in hundreds of years but it had already basically taken place. The understanding of, of the magnificent moment in time on that Christmas day when Jesus was born. Wonderful words to hear for those wanting the light to come into their lives. Psalm 112.4 says, Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful. And righteous you see when 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 trouble is going on in your life when you have when you have tough life situations, when you have heartache or or things you 're struggling with or or things you can 't figure out, when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have that nevertheless we have jesus we have jesus we can always go to we can always find comfort in we can always rejoice in no matter the situation no matter how dark it gets no matter how troubling it gets we have jesus second corinthians 4:9 says persecuted but not forsaken Struck down, but not destroyed. That's a message for everybody. But specifically, it's a message for those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is the message that God gave Isaiah to share. It's a message of hope, a message of excitement. It's a message that we have this Christmas season. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's because of Jesus. So the first thing that we notice in verse 6 in Isaiah 9 is that a child is born. The Savior arrived as a son. Just as predicted in Isaiah 7-4. It's the same baby. Same baby as Genesis 3-15 was pointing to. It's the same person that was proclaimed as the perfect lamb in revelation 13 8 the amazing thing here is that although this was a child who is to be the king who is to be the son of god we understand that this child was fully man fully human and that is very important to understand that this tiny baby was human that they That he had to learn to walk. He had to learn to eat. He had to learn to speak. He had to learn all of those things as he grew up. Because he was fully man. John reminded us that this child was flesh just like you and me. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Pastor Josh read earlier Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mine among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus needed to be fully man and fully God, we'll get to that in a minute, in order to be our mediator very important to understand that theologically first Timothy 2 5 says for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus the Savior he was predicted through the ages he arrived as a son And the Savior was given to you and to me as a gift. He was given to us as a gift. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. This baby boy, this child, this son was given. And he was given to all of us, to each of us. I remember in the 1980s, my brothers and I, we wanted one thing for Christmas. It was the early 1980s and this is what we wanted. We wanted this bad boy. The old Atari 2600. And we wanted all the things that came with that. We wanted asteroids and Pac-Man and, and, and uh, all of those fun games that we were so excited to play. Space Invaders, right? Pitfall. We didn't even know about Kaboom at the time or Berserk. Man, we wanted that gift so bad. We kept seeing commercials of it during Family Ties or the Jeffersons. Well, one day we were out in the farm early December and we jumped in the, I don't know what we were doing, we were playing in the, our blue 1980 uh, Chevy Capri Classic station wagon. Some of you guys remember that, you probably had it. And we were playing around in there and we climbed all the way to the way back and we pulled up that trap door in the back. I don't know if that's a trunk or what that's considered. And when we opened that trap door, whoa, what did our wondering eyes see? But 15 Atari 2600 games. We were pumped. We knew that if there was 15 games, there had to be a system somewhere it was going to be the best Christmas ever. And it was in our minds. It was the best thing ever that we could think about. And you know, maybe you have a gift, like the Atari 2600, that you can just quickly go back, man, I wanted that doll, I wanted that, that, that piano, I wanted that uh, whatever it might have been. And you think, man, that is what is... Christmas, that's going to make it so good. That's going to make it so amazing. Fun memories. But you know what? I don't have that Atari 2600 anymore. I don't have Frogger anymore even if I was able to hang on to it all these years later, they'd eventually wear out. (coughs) They aren't eternal. All the stuff that we want, we get excited about, was just for today. However, hundreds of years before a little tiny baby was born, there was this proclamation made by this prophet named Isaiah. And he said, there's going to be the greatest gift of all time going to be given. And it's going to be a little tiny baby. A gift that's better than any of the manna that was provided. A gift that was better than our safety today a gift that's better than even if we go into captivity. It's going to be a gift of a Savior. John 3.16 says it beautifully, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. It's a gift. The child was born for one reason, to die. The child was born to die. He was born to live a life that was absolutely perfect so that he could die on our behalf. Simply put, it's the greatest gift of Christmas. It's the ultimate gift and the only gift that matters. 1 John 5, 11 says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son, Jesus. Romans 8, 31 through 32, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? James 1.17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It's from God. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. The Atari 2600 was a pretty cool gift. But Jesus is awesome and eternal. The Savior was predicted through the ages. He arrived as a human child. He was given to you and me as a gift, and we see that the Savior is our King. He is our King. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. This tiny little baby boy was in the lineage of David, the king, King David. And yet he was given the keys to the kingship. Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two says, and I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut. He shall shall shut and none shall open. He is the only one. Is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the only one with the right to lead. With the right to govern. He's the only one. Remember when he was before Pontius Pilate and he was he was sitting there and, and there's a lot of back and forth going on and Jesus isn't answering. And then finally Pontius Pilate says, do you not understand that I could, I could make you free? Do, do you not know who I am? Jesus said, you would have no authority at all unless it was given to you by my Father. None. Because there's only one person who has the authority, and that's God. And Jesus Jesus isn't king of Israel. He's not king of a region. He's king of everything. Universally and globally. Jesus said to his disciples at the ascension, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. All the authority has been given to Jesus. Jesus even showed his kingship when he, he came riding in to Jerusalem on that donkey, just as Zechariah said that he would do, that the king would come in on that donkey. Zechariah 9, 10, and his rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. This baby boy foretold by Isaiah will be born of a virgin and will be crowned king while on earth for eternity. And he's always been king prior to the birth and ever since and always will be. We read that in Revelation 9, 19 that Jesus is called the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are excitedly waiting for his return, just as Isaiah was saying, and his first coming is in the present day, we say, Jesus is coming today. Jesus is coming here. He is going to save us. He's going to bring us into this new creation. Our Savior isn't only fully man, but our fifth point, He is fully God. He is fully God. Very important to understand. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. One author put it this way. Justly is he called Wonderful, for he is both God and man. His love is the wonder of angels and glorified saints. In his birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension, he was wonderful. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is one of the most important truths in the Christian faith. Jesus is fully man at the exact same time that Jesus is fully God. Both are true. Titus 2.13 says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Thomas said after he saw the resurrected Jesus, he said, my Lord and my God. Jesus was hungry at times, wasn't he? He was thirsty, we see that. Jesus got tired. Jesus even died, just like a human does. And yet he had all the attributes of God. As he was older, Jesus knew everything. We see that in Luke 11 and John 4. Jesus was everywhere. He was omnipresent. He had all power. He was able to rule over everything. Remember when Jesus, he was preaching and he's in the boat and, and because there are so many people there and and, and he's, he's sitting there in the boat and and then he's like, you know what, let's go to the other side. Let's go preach to some more people on the other side of the, of the sea. So these guys were professional fishermen. They knew how to handle the water. They said, you know what, you nap. You take a nap. Enjoy yourself. And as these professional fishermen were going along in, in, in several boats, it says, a huge storm came about where the winds were blowing ferociously, I think the scripture says and, and the waves were were coming over and the, the apostles they knew that they were going to drown, they were going to die and so they probably talked amongst each other hey, who wants to tell Jesus he's going to die ah, I'll do it they tapped Jesus on the shoulder and We've got a huge storm. Aren't you even concerned that we're going to die? I wonder if Jesus smirked at that moment. Maybe he got up and uh, stretched out first. And then all of a sudden he said, Quiet! Be still. At that moment in time, everything stopped. Everything. And the disciples looked at one another and they asked the question you need to ask Who is this? I mean, the waves are listening to him, the winds are obeying him. The answer is He's God. Who is this? That's the question that you need to answer. I'm here to tell you the man that calmed the storm is the child that Isaiah is announcing. The man that stood up in the boat is the Savior of all, given to us by God the Father as a gift for each of us. And he's always been the king. That's that guy that stood up, who made the waves obey him. He is God the Son. Colossians 2 9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Finally, in Isaiah 9 6, and we'll close after this, we see the Savior is the author of peace. The Savior is author of peace. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Through Jesus' kingship, he creates peace, he provides peace. Remember what he said uh, to his disciples the night before he got tortured? And eventually hung on a cross. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The prince of peace. Even the angels. When the, when the child was, was being born... They had to speak of his peace that he was bringing upon all those that call upon his name. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Isaiah 9-7 tells us that this peace that Jesus brings will have no end. This is so important to understand that this peace comes from trusting in Jesus Christ, from knowing Him as your Lord and Savior. And the peace isn't for Israel only. It's for all people, everywhere. This is why we glorify God. Because of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That's why we glorify Him. This season of Christmas, it's a great opportunity for us to reflect on the gift of Jesus Christ. The gift that was provided for us. Have you welcomed the king in your life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Understanding that he lived an absolute perfect life. That he went to the cross for you. That he died on the cross sinless. That he was raised again. That eventually he, he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God as our great mediator, as fully man and fully God. So when we fall and when we fail, Jesus is there. I've got this one. i got this one. I've got this one. This child, this son, this son of God has been given to us. This is the cornerstone of our hope This is the foundation to our joy, the foundation to our peace. May Jesus, the anointed King, be glorified in your life today, and may He be glorified forevermore. Amen? Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, to You we give all the praise and all the glory. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for that gift We can never repay it. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. We don't have the ability ever to repay what you have given us. But we are thankful. And we praise your name for it. And we lift up your son's name, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.